This Geeked Out Collecting Podcast episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. I'd love to give a special shout out to my top tier patrons, David from Portland, Tan from Pancake Analytics, and Leo. Thank you so much for believing in me and backing the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support these episodes, become a patron. I have two tiers at $3 and $5 a month. Joining the first tier gives you exclusive access to Patreon posts in a vintage card from iCollection signed by me. The $5 tier gives you access to everything that you get in the $3 tier, along with also having special access to our Discord community. It gives you the opportunity to talk to other collectors, discuss market performance and news, and show off your mail days, along with asking any questions or getting thoughts and inputs from other people that are really awesome and smart at what they do. So whether you join or not, either way, I appreciate you for listening. What's up, everyone? This is Future Jess. Um, I was editing this episode, and I realized a lot of the words in this episode I used were new and current. And one of the things that I do want to distinguish with what I'm talking about is I say new, and I realize after the fact it could be confused with modern. And really, all the cards that I'm talking about in this episode are vintage. So just to put that out there, I kept on saying new and I really shouldn't have been using that word. So just so that you guys know, I hope I don't cause any confusion, but really I am only talking about vintage cards as a part of my strategy. So I apologize, but just wanted to let you know. Anyways, let's go. and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast. Take finance and investment principles and apply them to our favorite hobby collecting sectors like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite, you name it. In this episode, I talk about my Pokemon buying strategy for 2021. So to give you a general gist of my Pokemon strategy for 2021, essentially, I'm looking for and buying minty or near mint raw cards with low PSA populations like PSA, eight, nine, and 10 populations so that I can get them graded at some point in the future. And essentially the reason why I'm doing this comes down to three main reasons. The first reason is that this is one way of quote unquote getting a deal for graded cards. And let me explain that really quickly. Really what's happening now is we're seeing a new floor for Pokemon. And so it's becoming harder and harder to find deals for graded cards. Because now that we see a new floor, we're just seeing new prices in general. It's a new normal now. And and I think this is going to be something that we should expect for the future. So really right now, since this is the new floor or looks like the new floor, these might be the cheapest prices we can kind of get these new cards at at this point um, if you're buying graded directly. So since a lot of the new graded cards have very, very high uh, flooring prices, and a lot of us are priced out of those PSA 10 first edition cards, it doesn't make sense or we can't afford buying those kinds of cards for those kinds of prices. So what I'm trying to do is get my hands on high graded cards by buying the card raw and then getting it graded. Now, of course, just as a quick disclaimer, there are caveats to this strategy so I'll leave that for a little bit later in the episode to get in a little bit more nitty-gritty on but that's just the general gist. it's one way of buying graded cards for a lot cheaper so you're buying them raw and then you're getting them graded in the future in the hopes that you can get a high enough grade to where there is ROI and net profit in getting the card graded 
But the the second reason why I'm doing it is because of the ROI. There's a ton of ROI in getting raw cards that are very minty graded. If you have PSA 9, PSA 10 cards sitting around, you could potentially, depending on the card, increase the value by two, three, four, or five X, just depending on what that card is and the condition. So this is something that really fits within my strategy because my goal is to become a Pokemillionaire, but I don't wanna spend a million dollars actually getting there. Instead, what I wanna do is I wanna spend 250,000 or $500,000 in the hopes that it will at one day be worth a million, but Definitely, I do not have access to a million dollars to just drop on cards. So since that's my goal and that's what I want to reach at some point in my life, I need to be smart about what I invest in. And so the lower my buy-ins are per card, the quicker the ROIs appreciate, which get me closer and quicker to becoming a book millionaire. Um, but honestly, the third reason why I do it, even though there aren't necessarily numbers behind this, quote unquote, but it's really fucking fun to me. I really like the chase of finding and hunting down really cool minty cards that I can then get graded and and that that's fun. I love getting in graded cards. I love guessing the grade right. I don't always guess the grade right, but when I do, it's so much fun. I really like it. So to me, this is also a very fun strategy, but of course, this strategy by no means isn't for everyone. If anything, I would say that this is probably a more advanced strategy for investing in Pokemon cards because you need to feel really confident and you have to have a certain level of skill in collecting. So for example, are you able to grade cards pretty well? Can you, can you do that pretty accurately? Are you patient enough to wait for listings that are a bit better deals for what you're buying? Are you disciplined enough to buy in on cards based on logic and numbers rather than emotions and feeling that FOMO? These are all skills that you build over time with practice. So just know that if you're newer to collecting or you're getting back into it after a really long time, it's probably not best that you jump in on a strategy like this. Or at least making this your main strategy is probably not the smartest or most effective thing for you to do. Now, granted, what I will say is in order to build up these skills, A, it takes time, and B, you just have to simply practice. So what I would say is you can still do a little bit of this, buying raw cards and kind of getting a few graded and then kind of testing your skill that way. I, I think that's definitely very good but I wouldn't make it your primary strategy you can kind of do a little bit of that on the side and it's completely fine because you're still building your skill and you're having a little bit of fun along the way but I would say don't make this a primary strategy unless you want to take the risk and you're fine with that you have extra money to spend that it doesn't hurt your bottom line at the end of the day to, to take those high risks, then that's completely up to you. But to kind of wrap things up, this is pretty much going to be the strategy that I will move forward for 2021 and most likely throughout the years. It just depending on how the market moves and flows. But you know, like I said, this strategy isn't for everyone since everyone has different goals, objectives, and level of skill. When you're thinking about your strategy for the year 2021, there are pretty much two things that I think you should probably think about as you're trying to plan that strategy out for yourself. So the first thing that I would think about is what are you trying to accomplish with collecting? Are you trying to become a Pokemillionaire like myself? Are you just enjoying the hobby and collecting cool shit that you've liked ever since you were a kid? What's the bottom line for you? Now, most people will be in the middle of that, I think where they're buying cool stuff, but they also want it to be semi-valuable. So where you fall along that spectrum is completely up to you and that's totally fine. There is no wrong goal in this case. So set a strategy 
based on that kind of goal. Or if you don't have a goal, but you think it might be important, then go ahead and set some kind of goal for yourself. But once you have set some kind of goal that's right for you, uh, based on what you're trying to accomplish, the second thing you really need to consider is what's your budget. How much money are you willing to invest into the hobby? And be honest with yourself. If it's not a lot, that is absolutely okay. You'll just have to start slow and work your way up, but just make sure to work on your patience and you'll be able to reach whatever goal that you're trying to achieve. And mind you, like I've said, even though I wanna be a Pokemillionaire, I don't wanna spend a million dollars to get there. So for me, I don't have access to crazy funds. So I'm also too trying to be conservative with my budget. So there's no shame in how small, quote unquote, you think your budget is. It's just where you are and that's completely okay. So, and for what it's worth, I do have a pretty cool collection that I like and, and there are parts of it that are very, very valuable. But in all honesty, my most valuable graded card is probably only $800, which is a lot, but then also not in all reality when you look at the other cards and the prices that they're selling for. So even though my collection is pretty cool, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. By no means does that mean that I have money to just spend on PSA 10 first edition cards. There's no way. So it's okay to start small. It's okay to be home with your budgets. Don't judge yourself for it. I'm never going to judge you for it. So it's going to take us, depending on your goal, it might take some time to do it, but it's okay because as long as you enjoy it and you have fun along the way, that's really all that matters. But anyways, guys, be thinking about your goals for collecting and think about your budget and build a strategy around those two things. That's going to be the most important and that's going to bring you wherever you want to go. So thank you so much for listening and take care.